Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, good morning. Here's a look at how markets wrapped up overnight. We saw a rally in technology stocks as investors cheered the latest quarterly results from NVIDIA. So the tech-heavy Nasdaq was up by 1.7%, settling at around 12,699. The S&P 500 climbed 0.9%, finishing at 4,151. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average, on the other hand, down slightly and finishing at 32,765 below its 200-day moving average. Well, to unpack all of that, we are joined by Christina Hooper. She is the Chief Global Market Strategist for Invesco. Christina, thanks for joining us. It is great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, let's unpack what has been really driving market sentiment these days. And it's all around the U.S. debt ceiling. And it looks like we've got some Good news. I'm not sure if we should be overly optimistic about it right now, but it does seem like we are getting closer to a deal. Is that the right way to look at this? I think we're getting marginally closer to a deal, but there's still a pretty significant gap between what the Republicans want and the Democrats want. So uh, it could very well be that it doesn't actually get done until we get really to the 11th hour and perhaps even past the X date this time around, just because there are still seem to be some significant differences. Yeah, how have markets been pricing in? And you've been, of course, watching this play out many times, the um, back and forth, every time this episode comes up. How do markets typically react? Well, uh, you know, interestingly, what we've seen uh, over the last several weeks is that, that initially the stock market wasn't concerned, right? Because mm. as you pointed out, um, we've lived through this before. And also the stock market tends to be more optimistic. But what we saw was the bond market pricing in some significant significant risk. Um, Come this week, now finally the stock market is starting to price in some of that risk as well. Um, We've seen, you know, multiple days in which uh, the stock market has closed down in Mm. the United States. And really, but for um, the news around NVIDIA, uh, I think uh, we would have had another down day for the S&P 500 today. So um, it ha- it's certainly changing. And if we go back to 2011 as, um, as a guide to what could happen, um, what we saw were stocks were down between July and September of 2011. The S&P 500 sold off about 15% during that period. So continue to sell off even after that deal was done. And of course, they got their deal done right before the X. Um, so it could mean that we have um, continued volatility and, uh, you know, a downturn in the stock market that, that lasts a couple of months. Yeah, I'm just looking at bonds and the 10-year bonds are at about 3.82 right now. So it's about 1% over the past year. Where does it go from here? Are we expecting this to be the levels in the next few quarters? So I think that we'll probably see a range. Um, but I would err on the side of seeing uh, bond yields come down. I think that um, once we get through this this debt ceiling uh, impasse, mm. um, what we're likely to see is is uh, yields coming down. 
Yeah, and this brings into play what the Fed is expected to do come June in the FOMC meeting. Uh, we've got a minutes recently, which seems to suggest that there is a bit of divide when it comes to opinions where the Fed should be steering rates. What's your take on this? So my view is that ultimately Jay Powell's voice is louder than everyone else's. Mm. And I think what what we got from the May FOMC meeting in that announcement and that press conference, um, it says to me that the Fed has hit the de facto conditional pause button, that there is a different standard, a higher bar to hike rates from here. If you look at the language, it's very similar to the language the Fed used back in 2006 when it ended its tightening cycle. And it's also somewhat similar to the language the Bank of Canada used back in January when it implemented its conditional pause. Um, So that tells me that, yes, we're going to hear tough talk from the Fed. And certainly even in the minutes, it shows uh, significant disagreement. Um, but, But the Fed members want to prevent financial conditions from easing because that runs counter to their goals. So they're going to talk hawkishly, a lot of them, and that's what they've done, and I think they may continue to do that. But I don't anticipate a rate hike in Mm. June, and I suspect that we won't see any more rate hikes um, this year. Yeah, Christina, talking about divided opinion, I also hear about how there are some expectations for rate cuts later this year. So we've got already Fed Chair Jerome Powell saying, hey, we are not likely to see that and we're not even going to see a recession. What's your take on this seemingly disconnect between what the market is expecting and what the Fed's projecting? Well, this isn't the first time we've seen a disconnect. And frankly, the market is skeptical about what the Fed's saying because the Fed has been wrong before. Mm. And so... I think it's unlikely we see much in the way of cuts this year, if anything, maybe 25 basis points. But I think the economy would have to deteriorate significantly um, for that to happen. All right, let's bring China into the picture, Christina. So we've been seeing some patchy data recently. So some expectations being scaled back in terms of where it's going when it comes to growth. And this um, is weighing on commodity prices and stock markets to some extent. How do you see China playing out in the next few quarters? Well, this recovery is not over. The reopening has just begun. So we might see a bit of a pause, a breather, um, but but I, I do believe that this has long legs. Mm. Keep in mind, um, there have been some, some strict protocols in place for a very long time. And, and what we know is that when those protocols get rolled back, and we saw this with a number of other countries, um, we see a sustained uh, period of, of growth. And I think that's going to be even um, bigger for China because the restrictions were in place longer. So this to me is something of a pause. And uh, and I, I don't believe that, that there's cause for alarm. Um, I, I do think what we're going to see is something of an uneven economic recovery just because spending is going to be focused on services. And that's where mm. we're going to see strength. We could see some weakness in manufacturing because global demand um, is easing because there is a global slowdown uh, caused by all this central bank tightening. Yeah, I, th- I think uneven recovery is a very apt way to describe it. We are in conversation with Christina Hooper. She is the Chief Global Market Strategist for Invesco. Now, one of the things that have been catching investors' interest in recent days and months even has been AI, artificial intelligence. And one of the stocks, the hot stocks, has been NVIDIA. And to some extent, many ETFs have been on um, a tear as well. What's your take on where AI is going when it comes to investment opportunities? Has it been overbought to some extent? Uh, well, 
you can argue that that has been the case for most innovations, for most new technologies. There's a lot of excitement, and we go through periods where investors can get ahead of what's happening. Um, but you know what I what I often say is that when it comes to technology, uh, when it comes to innovation in technology, it's very hard for investors mm. to pay close attention to valuations. It's just the nature of the beast mm. um, that that um, uh, imaginations and expectations uh, get ahead of of um, uh, the stocks, you know, the stocks of the company, underlying company's results. Uh, and, and so we are, I'm sure, going through periods and will continue to go through periods where that happens. But that's just part and parcel of, of investing in innovation. All right, Christina, just to wrap up, what's your take on where investors should be looking at these days? And of course, you've got a lot of things to digest. Uh, latest, of course, has been around what's been playing out in the banking sector. Some folks are saying the worst is not over yet. Now, where do you see things? So where should investors be looking? Well, I think the most important thing for investors is to not be fearful. Um, Certainly, there are some risks that have arisen, um, and we know that accidents can happen, things can break when you see significant central bank tightening. Um, But uh, the reality is that um, uh, every market environment has opportunities that are created. And I think what we're likely to see is a weakening of the U.S. dollar, um, which will help provide a tailwind uh, for for um, stocks outside the U.S. I mean, the U.S. stock market really has um, uh, shown a lot of strength for more than a decade, and I think now it's time that we're going to see um, better performance from other parts of the world, in particular emerging markets, and I would specifically uh, focus in on Asia emerging markets. I think there certainly will be some benefits from a sustained uh, reopening of China, but beyond that, uh, I think there are there are a lot of growth opportunities, and, and that should be an area of, of um, uh, interest and, and focus for investors going forward. I also would say that fixed income um, is in a much better place than it has been in, in nearly 15 years. We're finally in a world in which there are robust yields. Uh, and so that means that in investment-grade corporate bonds are far more attractive. And really, there are so many different um, sub-asset classes within fixed income that that look a lot more attractive than they did. So I think the name of the game going forward is not going to be Tina. There is no alternative mm. to equities. I think it's more about there is no alternative to diversification um, and, uh, and, and being well-diversified within fixed income and well-diversified within equities as well as having some alt exposure. All right, new spin on Tina. Well, we'll look out for the US dollar to potentially weaken and provide some tailwinds for Asia emerging markets and fixed income opportunities as well. We've been chatting with Christina Hooper. She's the chief Global Market Strategist for Invesco. Christina, it's been great having you on the show. Have a great day ahead. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.